podcast from the Arsenal. Hey everybody, how you all doing? Thanks for joining us on another episode of Blast from the Arsenal, your weekly podcast for all things Arsenal, and as ever, proudly sponsored by Productive Design. Uh, I'm Angelo, your host, and joining me as he does every week with his in-depth analysis is Diddley. How you doing, Diddley? You can't be talking about me, surely. Well, I picked you up. I've, yeah, I've, I've picked you up somewhat there, haven't I? Uh, yeah, just a bit. Yeah, no pressure. No, I mean, I appreciate it, but um, yeah, I'm just hoping that we've got a good internet connection this week. To be honest, that 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 again. Yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah. It wasn't good last week, was it? So apologies for that. However, you know, as we're slowly coming out of these restrictive measures, we can maybe get together at some point and actually record a podcast like we used to. I should think so, yeah. It's the way we like to do it. We're a bit old school like that, a bit touchy-feely. Yeah. Um, we like to get together, have a beer, have a chat and and do it that way. We do. We do. Even though you're soon to move house to... <laughs> Well, it's probably going to be a good half an hour driveway, I reckon. It is, yeah. Um, so we'll see how that commitment works out. But Life finds a way. It does. So does love. And we have a shared love for Arsenal for some reason. But uh, there you go. What's going What's going on with you anyway? Obviously, we'll talk about Arsenal in just a moment. Everything all right in your personal life? Yeah, pretty good, mate. Yeah, pretty good. Um, I haven't been to a pub yet, have you? Uh, I've not. I'm actually going on Friday night, but I've had to oh, book okay. a slot. So did you? Uh, yeah, book a table. I delegated it to one of our loyal listeners um, who's going to be sorting that for us. But uh, yeah, I had to book a uh, a six thirty p.m. slot and then just sit there for the rest of the night enjoying. So I've done that, and today I went to the gym for the first time, um, which is crazy. So what's in? Since lot, yeah, since, since Jim's since, well, it must have been since uh, well, where we live, as you know, was slightly different. We were on a, a tiered system and it was a bit more relaxed just before Christmas than other parts of the country. So, yeah, I, I must have gone around November time, something like that. Uh, and that, that's it. I went today, first time since then. So, good to be, um, yeah, good to be out and, and doing stuff and having a few bits to look forward to. And as I say, we'll get together at no point with um with you know uh, uh mutual friends and start getting back to normal so there we go looking forward to it looking forward to it indeed uh now listeners until that point you're gonna have to make do with us in your ears because you know you can't really see your friends as as easily as you'd like so why not take a minute to subscribe to our podcast so that you never miss an episode you can hear us rambling every week about arsenal um and of course make sure you follow us on twitter and instagram too Diddly, do your duty. What is that social media handle that they need to look out for? It is at Blast Arsenal Pod. It is indeed. Thank you. And, um, you know, why not go onto YouTube um, and, you know, check out some of the videos that we've got on there. Just search for uh, Blast from the Arsenal. Um, right. As ever, lots to get through. I, I, I feel that should be a bumper sticker by now. Don't you? Do, I mean, do they really do bumper stickers in the UK? I'm not sure, but it should be something, a T-shirt or a, I don't know, a long tattoo. I don't know. Anyway, I say it every week. That's why That's why I reference that. Um, but we have got a lot to get through. Some news that I do want to talk about, and it's still a rumour at this point, is reports that uh, 
Balogun, Flo Balogun has actually signed or on the verge of signing a, a contract with Arsenal. Apparently had no less than 15 proposals home and abroad as a, a free signing. He would have been because he's out of contract at the end of the season. So if yeah. rumours are to it's be not, believed... Not surprising, is it? What, the fact that he's had so many offers? Yeah. 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 Strange he's not featured more, though. Um, mm. You know, as we, as we sort of get closer to the end of the season. I'm sure we'll do a who should stay, who should go uh, overview of the of the squad. But it does seem like Eddie Nketiah is being phased out. Um, and is his spot, if you want to call it a spot, because he's not played an awful lot recently, going to be taken by Belogan? I don't know. But either way, positive news, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, didn't see that coming, really. It looked... Pretty sure that he was gonna head head out, uh, maybe possibly to Germany or, or somewhere mm. like that, um, get some game time. But that Arteta's, uh, you know, <laughs> worked his magic and convinced him to stay. Um, whether he features for Arsenal next season or not, you know, time will tell. He could go out on loan somewhere mm. um, and do it that way. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. He must be looking um, at the players that have made it from the youth team to, you know, Arsenal first team, uh, certainly this season and, and before. The obvious ones to look at are the likes of uh, Bakaya Saka, Mil Smith-Rowe. He must also be looking at the likes of Joe Willock, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Reese Nelson, and the different uh, success that they've had of late in either going on loan or not going on loan in Reese Nelson's case. Uh and thinking, you know, if, if I sign this long-term contract with Arsenal, which way do I go? Do I try and fight it out and get a position up front? Um, or do I go and get six months on loan somewhere, come back in January and, you know, kick on from there? What's your preference as an Arsenal fan? What do you want him to do? Get game time. He's, he's still so young. You know, I, I think a loan move is a good move. Sign a long-term deal, you know, you, you'll get chances in the future. We, you know, I, I've seen a lot of uh, lineups on Twitter recently and people put in Balogun, Aziz, Nelson and Ketia all in a lineup that they want to see. And it's it's an ideal, yeah, you know, it's a nice dream to have, but you've got to find that right, that balance of, of youth and experience. You can't just throw them all in. And I think maybe Balogun has been one of those to to suffer from that, that we've already got um, players in the first team, uh, like Martinelli, like um, Saka, Emil Smith-Rowe, like you mentioned, there's not much room for, for many more. I, f I think you'd lose lose that balance. And to be fair, you put too many in, they're not going to change the way we play. They're not going to win us games. The under-23s, apart from last night, they won last night 3-2. They, they'd lost, or they hadn't won in previous six, and they're 10th in the league. Yeah. So they're not pulling up trees. Yeah. And, 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 and I guess what you're saying is he's part of that. <laughs> Yeah, he is part of that. He's firmly part of that. He's the captain of the under-23s. So, Yeah, 
I hear what you're saying. It's it's a tough one. And I guess, like I said before, would you look at him and say, well, I guess you're taking Ketia's spot. Well, what's that, sitting on the bench? Because he's not even getting sub minutes, really, is he? Um, so uh, either way, good news. And, and, you know, we'll have to wait and see what comes of it. But I, I'm with you. I think maybe a, a loan period, even if it is six months, could be the difference. Um, you know, men's football and under-23s football is... It's, it's different class, isn't it? It's completely different. And oh, yeah, completely. Different. Respectfully, even, I say the word even, even in the championship, it's so fierce and so demanding that it will be a cut above what, what he's played before. Dare I say it, I know he's played a few minutes in the Europa League, but the championship's probably more more fierce and, and, and harder to play in than you know, a Europa League game against Dundalk, for example, you know? Yes, yeah. So, yeah, I agree. And, and consistently. It won't just be 20 minutes or, or 45 or whatever. It'll be, you know, consistent. So he's only got to look at, I know uh, Saka kind of bypassed all of that and came straight through to the first team. You've only got to look at Emil Smith-Rowe as, as, I guess, the the benchmark and the blueprint of um, what a short loan spell can can do for you. So, yeah, good news. Just want to start with that. And it's yet to be 100% rubber stamped, but it seems like a lot of outlets, news outlets are reporting that is likely to be, to be done. So... Um, yeah, good. That's I'm, I'm pleased with that. And as I said, we will review the whole squad and who we think should stay and go. And that in itself will be quite interesting because I'm sure there'll be plenty we want to go and you can't get rid of all of them at once. Plenty we think we should stay and maybe they won't get the chance to. So we'll wait and see. Um, and I've kind of gone against the, the grain there because normally we start with Tweet of the Week, but that news was so positive. I thought, you know, I just have to get that in there. So, Diddley, let, let, let's revert to type and we'll go with Tweet of the Week. So, throw out that jingle, baby. Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week. Good. Thanks, mate. And this week, we've uh, flipped the script, haven't we? You have got some Tweet of the Weeks that you've found and I'm going to pick a winner. Yep. I've got a couple here. Uh, first one from... Molly Ann at Bibbs SXX, and she says, My housemate has just gone on a date and found out he's a Spurs fan. Ooh. I've told her to come home immediately. Mm, good tweet. I like that. Good advice. Play it yeah, safe. I like that. Yeah. And I've got another one here, just two this week from Claire at La Clairezette. That's a, that's a great handle. I like that. it. I like it. I can't believe I just got an advert on my Instagram for Spurs Stadium Tour. I've reported it for being offensive. <laughs> Interesting how they're both anti-Spurs. I do like that. I do like that. Well, um, you know, that's that's what tickles me when, when know, I look at tweets. It's, uh... The first one I could see being part of a public NHS campaign, you know, stop the spread. <laughs> yeah. don't, date, don't date Spurs fans or, you know, hands, face, space, Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and the second one is uh, is great because I imagine this person probably has reported it on Instagram, <laughs> um, which is hilarious. Oh, that's a toughie. That is a toughie. Um, I'm going to go with the second one, I think, which is what at yeah. La Clairzette. Is that what it was? La Clairzette. Yeah. Yeah. Good. That's the tweet of the week. I like it. Well done. And, uh, you know, as ever, there'll be another tweet of the week next week, but we'll give that a shout out on Twitter because that's what we do. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for that, Diddley. That was good. More tweet of the week 
next week. Right, let's do a quick loan watch. And then what we'll do is get into um, the Arsenal-Sheffield United game, which obviously um, was a good win at the weekend on Sunday. Um, but let's do a quick loan watch. Because as we said before, we'll be doing a who should stay, who should go at the end of the season. Um, and we've got a number of players that are uh, out on loan at the moment. And who knows what their future sort of looks like with Arsenal. So first up, Matteo Guendouzi. Obviously, he's in Germany at Hertha Berlin. They drew to all Borussia Mönchengladbach. Brilliant name. I love that name. Actually, when you say it really quickly, you feel like you're German, don't you? Borussia Mönchengladbach. Uh, anyway, the, they drew two all and he he uh, he played the full match you there. You don't sound it. Then. I don't. I don't. I don't know why I said that. Rubbish. Can you say it? Borussia Mönchengladbach. Yeah, you don't sound German either. <laughs> no, either way, Guendouzi played. Um, can you see him coming back to Arsenal? He seems no. to have this real... Okay, that's into that. He does seem to have this real divisive <laughs> opinion within the fan base, doesn't he? People are like, Bring he does, yeah. he's the boy, he's the boy. He could be the boy, and who knows, but I'm just not convinced. I... I... At times, I liked what he was doing last season. Um, and then, you know, in other games, I didn't like what, I was, what he was doing and what I was seeing. Yeah. Um, and what I was hearing. You know, I think that's... He's, the biggest negative about him is his attitude. And mm. if he's not the right fit for our club, then... Yeah, he obviously he wasn't. The talent. Sorry, I was say, he wasn't. No, sorry to interrupt. I was going to say, I mean, he wasn't an Arteta signing, was he? He was an Emery signing, uh, oh. or, or a Sven Mislintat signing. Mislintat signing. Yeah. Um, the good thing is he'll have suitors because there'll be someone there saying, "I love a bad boy. I could turn him around. I can make him a good boy." Um, mm. But yeah, I guess we'll see what happens at the end of the season. Uh, another one with a... Yeah, go on, mate. Sorry, go on. Yeah, talented player, but I, I'm not sure sort of how much far, further he can go. You know, if he's got much more to offer than what he already does. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can't see him weighing in with 10 assists, 10 goals a season. No, I, I guess in the way I look at it is you have to ask, is he better than Thomas Partey, who occupies that position? No. No. Is he better than Granite Xhaka in that position? Controversial, but I'd say no, because Xhaka offers the leadership, even if he doesn't offer always the ability. And as we saw, you know, he's um, he's able to play in a left-back position too, you know. Um, so, look, time, time will tell on that one, but, yeah, always a divisive figure amongst the fan base. And kind of part of that old crew of uh, Ozil, Mustafi... Kalasinac and Guendouzi. So we'll see We'll see what happens there. As I said, the other player that um, is out on loan, also abroad, he's in Spain, it's Lucas Torreira. Uh, he's been out since March with an injury, came on just after the break uh, for Atletico Madrid. Obviously, they drew one all against Real Betis. So good to see him back, but another I don't expect to, to come back, if I'm completely honest. Um, William Saliba... Uh, played the full 90 minutes as Nice drew 0-0 against Ring on Sunday. Uh, he's having a storming season there. That's a loan that's really working out well. Um, you could argue maybe you should have gone out at the beginning of the season, but, you know, 
whatever's happened, he's he's getting the game time that he needs to develop into the player that we're we're expecting him to be. So I'm looking forward to him coming back next season. Um, quite telling, Sad Klasinac played 17 minutes for Schalke. They're one one nil. I don't know if he's only played 17 minutes towards the end of the game because he's not sort of first team material at Schalke, even though they're near the bottom of the league. Uh, as I say, quite telling. Uh, and the other one uh, of note is obviously Dinos Mavropanos. He played 60 minutes for Stuttgart. They lost 3-2 to Borussia Dortmund. Um, but uh, yeah, another player that's thriving in, in Germany on loan. So um, really good news there. Uh, and I was trying to find and I can't find it. Where has he gone? I could have swore. Uh, for whatever reason, I can't see him on the Arsenal website. But I could have swore that... Um, Maitland-Niles played at the weekend. I'm sure he even got man of the match. He did. Uh, I, I believe it was last night, um, Monday night. Yeah. They won 3-0. Yeah, he got man of the match. He did, didn't he? Yeah. So, uh, again, another one I think is quite divisive in terms of what do people expect him to do? One man of the match result. Uh, sorry, one man of the match award doesn't make him a world beater and slots him back into the Arsenal starting lineup does it but um no he's a player i do like and i like that his versatility and to have him in and around the squad would be quite useful but if he's not happy sitting around and, and not playing every week then cash in um yeah cash in definitely um again i always think you have to ask are they better than what you've got now he's not better than party you could argue maybe he's better than um, Xhaka in terms of, again, not from a leadership perspective, but um, his ability to get around the pitch is certainly a lot better. He's, he's definitely more mobile. He's got a good tackle on him, um, but just a bit sloppy on the ball sometimes, isn't he? So again, hopefully regular game time at, at West Brom is um, helping him to develop that side of the game and Arteta can decide, is he one for, is he one for us to keep or um, is it one that sort of his, his value increases because he's actually playing regular football um so good that's the loan watch this week right should we get down to it uh yeah. the game arsenal sheffield united so this this just to go back a bit this result came off the back of a one-all draw um on the thursday of last week against slavia prague really disappointing obviously last minute header by them got them back into the Europa League tie. And we'll come on to that uh, in a moment because that's the next game this week. Um, but there was a real sort of sombre feeling around the club, I think, in the fan base, certainly on social media, toxic as ever. Um, make sure you wear a mask if you ever go onto Twitter. Um, but uh, it was a real, I don't know, shit feeling. I don't really know how else to describe it, especially as the game before that was the loss to Liverpool where we got absolutely hammered. Um what were your thoughts going into that game before you saw any lineup? Before you, you know, a ball was kicked. What was your kind of general feeling, Arsenal-wise, before that? I thought we needed to win quite badly this game, really, uh, and give us some sort of momentum going into that second leg. I think, uh, if anything other than a win, I think I don't know if they would have picked themselves up for it on Thursday but you know yeah I was massively disappointed uh, last Thursday against Slavia Prague the way it finished 
Yeah. Um, but obviously we'll touch on that in a bit. Um, yeah, it's just, again, a lot of negativity going around on Twitter and, um, you know, a lot some people saying Arteta needs to to win this uh, second leg or or he's done. Yeah. Um there's a lot of Arteta in and out, isn't there? You know, like you have to choose a camp. Yeah, yeah. Uh it's not side. something look, I'm I'm not saying I'm Arteta in, I'm not saying I'm out, I'm just an Arsenal fan that supports the team. I don't think he's gonna get sacked, so just deal with it and get behind the team and deal with be it. positive. <laughs> yeah, I, mean? I know I know what you're saying. I think the problem is well, I say we live in a very reactive world, a very toxic uh, football environment. And now more than ever before, managers don't get time, do they? And I think what's happened here is the Liverpool game, we were absolutely outclassed. Um, it doesn't help we had such a shit start to the season. You know, we're starting, we've got a, a, a crap foundation, if you like, in terms of this 2020-2021 season. We lost to Liverpool after the international break. We let in this last-minute goal against uh, Slavia Prague. I think some of his, some of his uh, in-game decision making has not been the best. You know, one thing that I used to berate Arsene Wenger for was always waited until the 70th minute to make a change. Doesn't matter if we're doing well or not. You know, he, he always used to wait until it was too late almost to make that change. And I feel like Arteta's decided that's also a good idea because, you know. For someone that's supposedly a super tactician, yeah, he doesn't make the changes quick enough, in my view. And when he does, it's not always the right call. But who am I? I just make no, I think I think he goes into a game with a plan, and he doesn't like to deviate from mm. it. Mm. I think he can be quite stubborn, and I think that sh- that shows. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Some of the subs, you think, make it now, make it like even half time. Sometimes they look like they're needed, but he doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, Did you feel after the Slavia Prague game there was more people starting to turn? Maybe a bit like yeah, actually this process that we're supposedly meant to trust. I'm not sure I do trust it. Yeah. People, yeah, that gets thrown about quite a lot. And people saying he's had long enough now. And if it was Emery, you know, why is he getting this long? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, people saying, arguing back, saying it's, you know, it's not his team and people saying it is his team, look, and then listing reasons of why it's his team and this player, this player, and he persuaded Shaka to stay and he gave Louise another contract. Can you imagine if he didn't? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know Shaka's not perfect, but can you imagine if he didn't persuade him to stay? Well, you, you imagine... You know. And we had a midfield this season of Danny Ceballos and Mohamed Elneny. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I, I'm with you. Look, we said many a time in this podcast, see the season out. Whatever happens now happens because we had such a crap start to the season. We're on the back foot. We're always playing catch-up. And we almost judge him from next season onwards. Once the summer signings have been made, that is 100% your team, by and large. Let's see what you can do with it. So um, I think you and I are probably on the same 
sort of mindset in that respect. Yeah, what is changing so, the manager yeah. with five, six, seven, whatever games to go? What difference is that going to make? It's not going to change anything. Yeah, exactly. Unsettle the team, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so that, that's my he's, view. He's been brought in to do a job. Uh, so far, you know, if you if you judge it on where we are in the league, it's not good enough. But the job isn't finished. You know, he's halfway through rebuilding this squad because it had a lot of rubbish in it. Um, yeah, and I think we just got to kind of see it out. And then next season, by all means, do you know, if, yeah. if it's not working, then something's got to give. Yeah. So um, Arsenal, Sheffield United. Um, it's funny because obviously we know the result it was a nice 3-0 win. And we talk about the really poor start to the season that has put us on the back foot. Um, and, you know, they did a good job in January to get rid of a lot of players. Ozil, Mustafi, Kolasinac, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so they contributed to the first part of the season. Maybe not so much Ozil, but then he was still in the, the camp and there was still, you know, his vibe, his atmosphere, good, bad or ugly, whatever, he was still there. But... And I know this is kind of irrelevant to some degree, but you shared with me the form table earlier. You know, talk about all that doom and gloom. Actually, the the form table was quite interesting because obviously the form table was the last six games and Arsenal were fourth. They played six, won three, drew two, lost one, scored 12, conceded nine. So only a plus three goal difference, but fourth in the the form table, which means the international break probably came at a bit of a bad time for us. Um, But... You know, things aren't quite as bad as you seem. We then looked at and found um, the Premier League table for all games played in 2021. So, you know, since since New Year. Um, Arsenal played 15 games since the turn of the year. Um, unsurprisingly, top of that league is Man City, but they've played 18 games. So to put this into perspective, City have played 18. Other games have played, sorry, other teams have played 14 or 15, or predominantly 15 we're sixth in that table. Um, again, played seven, drew four, lost four, scored twenty-seven, let in sixteen. So a goal difference of eleven. I, I think that kind of is quite telling to some degree. I mean, sixth is still not good enough for a team like Arsenal. The league doesn't start on January the first, so this is all irrelevant, as I say. But at the same time, it does show that the second half of the season has been a thousand times better than the first half of the season. And we have to continue with that trajectory, don't we, into making those improvements and, and the team starting to understand and believe what's going on. It's the errors, the individual errors that we have to cut out, and that will make a huge difference to our, our league position. Yes, yeah, it's, it's potentially, it's fine margins, isn't it? Um, yeah. Turning some of those games around. Um, cutting some of those errors out. You might say cutting some of those players out that well, make yeah. the errors. Yeah. Um, but I'll get well, on to that point later on. Yeah. Talk about Slavia Pro. Yeah. Well, let's let's do that. Well, let's start with the lineup then, um, as we always do. And I know that there was one or two surprises in there that that certainly caught your eye because you you texted me before the game to say, "Hey." Um, so, <laughs> not quite like that. Should we run through that starting lineup? Have you got it there, Diddley, or do you want me to go through it? I have, yeah. Leno in goal. Um, Shaka left back. Say what? Uh, Chambers at right back. Pablo Mari and Rob Holding, centre backs. Thomas Partey, Ceballos in midfield. 
um, Saka at number ten, it looked like, and with Pepe on the on the right and Martinelli on the left with Lacazette up front. Yeah, so no Orba. No Orba. Um, injury apparently. He's got flu. Yeah, got flu. Some sort um, of sickness. Um, there've been question marks about the legitimacy of that. Uh, yeah, look, people do get sick. It's not um, not robots. Not impossible. Shaka missed the game last week because he was sick as well. So, yeah, potentially he's caught it from him. Um, yeah, Nick... some people like conspiracy theories, don't they? I'm not one of them. No, I mean, I, uh, no, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I, I think at the end of the day, he's captain. He's served his time for turning up late to the Spurs game because obviously he's been left out. He's been left out. Um, however, there is a interesting statistic that I have. You know, I love a stat. I'm the stat, man. Um, 90s reference for those of you that don't know. Uh, so Arsenal have won 66.6% of their six Premier League games this season without Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. It's a small base, mind you. One for drew one, lost one. Compared to 36% of those with him in the team, nine wins out of 25. Mm. Uh, again, it's an interesting statistic because it's statistic because it would lead you to believe that we don't need him in the team we're better without him clearly but as we said right uh, you know five minutes ago the um the league this season has been such a mess for arsenal it's hard to read too much into those um those stats and he's played out of position for quite quite a few of them as well isn't he? Or, or certainly not found his fa- favorite position this season in this lineup with this personnel um any other surprises for you as you say jacker at left back thoughts on the right back situation because um Suarez was on the bench. Bellerin was on the bench. Um, so Chambers playing right back. Surprised by that? We expect to see one of the other two. Well, just when you look at the opposition and, and the standard and what they actually offered on the day, Sheffield United, probably not a bad game to throw Cam Chambers into. Uh, again, I, you know, he's had a few sort of runs few games in in the league now I don't have an issue with that um if it gives when you look at our fullback situation we're pretty thin on the ground so mm. um so you know you can flip our fullbacks apart from Kieran Tierney who's out probably until the end of the season yeah looking that way isn't it you could flip a coin I think as to who you put in there really yeah yeah. Um, Pablo Mari ahead of Gabriel. Do you think that's saving him for mm. Slavia Prague or do you think that is more uh, better suited for the job of Sheffield United? Because they're, you know, they're a physical team at the end of the day, aren't they? Um, Sheffield United. So do you think they've, you know, Arteta's yeah. thinking, you know, Mari's certainly calmer on the ball, sort of more, um, I don't know, more aware of what's around him? I think Gabriel's a great defender, but he can be quite rash at times. I think he's been a bit unlucky, really, not to play more. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see on Thursday whether it's a game he's been brought in to get a bit of match fitness. You know, he didn't have much to do, really, and when he did, he did it well. Mm. Whether it was a game like that, you know, get 90 minutes under your belt, you'll play again on Thursday, or yeah, it's... 
just to rest Gabriel. Yeah, true. Just plain and simple. The one that caught your eye, and correct me if I'm wrong here, um, before the game yeah. was Danny Ceballos, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Um, talk to me about that, because I think you thought he was going to play the number 10 position, which he drifted in into at times, didn't he? Well, yeah, he he had a sort of different sort of role, didn't he? I, I thought at times Thomas Partey looked like he was on his own in the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Tobias was sort of moving around him um, with Saka. And there was some good interchanging and, and it worked quite well. But yeah, originally I wasn't too keen on the idea of him playing at number 10. I think we, mm. thought, we all thought Saka would play left back. And uh, Shaka would play centre midfield, so that that threw us a bit. But off, he had a good game. He had his sort of one of his handful of games that he plays well in. Yeah, and he yeah, probably, that'll probably be it now till I don't know the end of the season, <laughs> to the end of his loan spell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair, fair comment. Fair comment. Um, and you know the the I guess the. Um, the decision to bring on Martinelli, I know that we didn't have a Bamiang, so that was kind of the obvious one, but he could have played Willian, couldn't he? But he didn't. Um, and obviously we had Lacazette up front. So um, a team that's certainly capable. And I felt like if we can't beat Sheffield United, we may as well pack up. Uh, and obviously for the first you know, quarter of the match, that was looking the case. Um, so where do you want to start? Should we go straight into the goals? Or was there any key moments prior to that that you? you yeah, there wasn't. There wasn't much, was there? I, I thought we were doing quite well. Shaka was doing all right. He was sort of putting some passes together. Pablo Mari looked composed. There was some good energy from Martinelli back in the team, and yeah, and there wasn't much else until that goal, really. You want to talk through that? It was a beautiful goal. It was, yeah. And um, people have obviously made reference to Wenger would be happy with that one because it was almost very Wenger-esque. And and it was. It, it really was, actually. Um, but, you know, not to do Arteta a disservice, we've seen some really good combination goals this season anyway, haven't we? I think West Brom in particular. Um, you know, the uh, the Saka and uh, Emil Smith-Rowe combination in, in that goal. But th- there's been a few that have, you could see, you could see what's happening on the training pitch and how it's kind of evolving onto the, you know, match day. Um, but this one was was another one. And um, I don't know, everyone that kind of involved was, was brilliant in what they did. Um, so a good touch by Lacazette, starts and finish the move, as we mentioned, plays it inside to Saka, um, before he continues his run into the box. And then Saka spots Danny Ceballos. And this is what Ceballos is good at, in fairness to him. He's good in, in small spaces, isn't he? Um, and uh, Great down the power league, I think. He, yeah, he, 100%. That's brilliant. He, he, good analogy. He is your typical yeah. power league player, isn't he? You know, five aside. He hasn't got 11 aside, it looks like, sometimes. No, no. Um, I said the other day, he looked like he was running around a swimming pool with his flip-flops on. Yeah. <laughs> so that's running right. I mean, he was, he was full of flicks and tricks. Yeah. Um, United. And... and that one in particular was great because it was a flick through into the path of Lacazette. Bosh, first time shot into the corner goal. Yeah. Lovely. It's the sort of thing you could watch over and over again. Um, and really pleased Lacazette scored. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm pleased Lacazette scored because, you know, the Slavia Prague game, he was through one on one, too much time, and um, hit the crossbar. And, you know, the, there's been moments this season where it's been like, oh, come on, Lacazette, you're better than that. And that was kind of one of them. But there have been moments where he's kind of saved us in games. Uh, and I guess this goal was one of them to some degree because it was a boring start, you know, nothing really coming off. And, and that was a nice finish. Um, yeah, he's, he's definitely a striker that um, thrives on on a, on a chance where it's either he can take it first time or it's one touch, bang. Yeah, yeah. You know, when, he, when he's got too long to think about it and he's running through... On, on goal he goes into Phil Walcott yeah but these say about Phil Walcott good on instincts but not so great when he's got too much time yeah uh, I think Lacazette's got one of the best strikes at the club personally I think the way he strikes the board is much better than Aubameyang mm. but it's about you know placement composure etc etc so um, a good goal and like I say nice that it was kind of a team goal wasn't it yeah um, now Next goal was Martinelli. Um, and great to see Martinelli back because, as we said before, um, you know, he's been out injured for a long time. But before that goal, there was a bit of a worrying moment for Arsenal. Not so much in terms of the football played and the way that we conceded possession from time to time, but Bukayo Saka went off injured, didn't he? Did, yeah. Um, was he necessarily unnecessarily used in this game I mean um, well go back to what you said look at the opposition Sheffield United um, look we're making a late charge for Europe and, and it's it's a flimsy late charge I you asked me before the game how you're feeling and I said meh if we lose you know nothing's really going to change if we win nothing's really going to change so from that perspective I kind of felt like let's save Saka you know let's use William, for example, because we know which is more productive um, out of the two. Uh, but he got a thigh injury. He was injured and they got fouled and then there's a thigh injury, I think it was. So we're hoping it's just like a, a dead leg or a you know, dead leg, yeah. very soft. Yeah, hopefully he's fit, fit for Thursday. I mean, he's sort of been lacking his usual sort of zip, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, games recently, I think. He's had, he's had a lot of pressure and we've been over-reliant on him. Yeah. Um, which shows where we are as a team. Um, yeah. Uh, well, he young. needs a break. I yeah, exactly. He's young. He's young. You, you can see the fatigue in his uh, in his performances, can't you? Um, it, it was hard to catch up with him sooner or later. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and my worry is with Saka, we've got the Euros coming up. So he's not even going to get a proper summer break, is he? Um, in a weird sort of way, you hope he's on the bench for England. Do you think, do you think he'll go? Do you think he'll get picked? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. he'll get picked because of his versatility. He can play at left back. He can play left wing, right wing, number 10, you know, wherever. Probably playing goal, he's that good. Um, but yeah, I can see him getting picked. I just hope he... I hope he um, is only a sub. You know, when I was younger and Arsenal had so many internationals, I used to love it because you could watch international football and it's like watching your club play, you know, especially when you used to play watch France play. Um, 
um but you know these days i'm a bit because like you say we've got we've got very few superstars and we have to really rely on them it's like you want to protect them at all costs and um selfishly like i say you, you hope they don't play so many games and then pick up injuries that they can't do the job for arsenal so yeah, yeah, he went off in the 69th minute, replaced... Uh, who did he get replaced by? By William, yes, of course. William. Yeah. Willie. Um, who was, you know, put in a William performance for the last 20 minutes. Well, you say that, but, you know, he, he initially sort of presses uh, the Sheffield defence that, um, you know, and they make a mistake and Pepe pounces on it and drives into the box and uh, has a shot, sort of tries to pass it into the corner. It's a classic and, uh, Pepe shot, that, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, not too uh, dissimilar to the one he scored against them, I think, earlier in the season. Yeah. When he so. came on and scored. Was that last year? Oh, God, I can't remember anymore. Um, but, yeah, that it was parried and, and Martinelli follows up. Yeah. Yeah. And what I love about that goal is... I've watched it several times. I love Martinelli's movement. As Pepe takes the shot, he's, he's running in. He's running in straight away to pick up the scraps. Um, you know, that's the thing you can't teach. And I think we've been guilty at times of being on our heels and not making the run and not being in the right place. But I think that's why Arsenal fans love him. Like you said before, he, he does a lot of chasing down, a lot of, a lot of running, a lot of energy. Um, but, uh, you know, in the right place at the right time, it was a, it was a, Easy goal, if you like, but you have to be there to put them away. Um, and also, did you see his interview afterwards? His English is like really come on. Yeah, he's that was his first interview in English, wasn't yeah. it? And um, yeah, he spoke really well. I thought. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, apparently, he's given Harry Kane English lessons after the games or something. I don't. Know. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, so no, the, the reason I mentioned that is, I guess, communication is a massive part of football and if you can actually understand each other that makes it a hell of a lot easier so I'm really pleased that he, he not only scored a good goal but um, yeah his English is coming along too the yeah. other yeah go on mate you might be saying what I'm about to say but go on yeah there's there's been a lot of calls haven't there I think on Twitter for him to, to be in the in the lineup. yeah um, why isn't he playing etc um, he's young he's had a really bad injury and Arteta spoke really highly of him before the game. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, I did, and how yeah. he's developing and, and it, it all sounds really positive and I've no doubt we'll he'll he'll be a star for us. I don't think he doubts the, that either. That's the key. Sorry? I don't I don't think he doubts that he'll be a star for us. No. I you know, don't. it must be frustrating not playing, but I think he gets it. You know, I think mm. he understands I need to be ready and ready for when Mikel wants me. I think that's what he said in his, his post-match interview. I need to be available all the time for when Mikel wants me, ready to go. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I think next season is going to be massive for us. I really do, yeah. you know, barring any other injuries. Um, he strikes me as the type of player that that's very professional and very hungry and that he would do whatever it takes to get to the top. I imagine he stays late uh, at training and does extra drills and yeah. practices things. Yeah. You know, we're on the flip side. I imagine Gwen Doozy's out the door bef before... Final whistle's been blown, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, um, 
Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. I, I was thinking the same thing, funnily enough. Um, you know, his attitude being spot on and doing extra work. So that was his first goal, by the way, since that famous goal, if you like, against Chelsea, where he got it from his yeah. own box and ran and scored, um, which seems, well, just say it seems a lifetime ago. It was 446 days ago, January 2020. God, um, time flies. Uh, so, again, hopefully you'll kick on. I guess my only concern with, with that is, did he play because of circumstance? I.e. if Orba was fit, would he have started? You'd have thought so, probably. I don't know. Um, but, you know, hopefully this... Uh, this uh, you know. Football's like that. Sometimes it's just about timing and being in the right place at the right time to get a transfer or to get a, to get some minutes in a team. So yeah. that's how it goes. Yeah. Indeed. And then... But, you know, once you're on, that's it. You know, you've got to show what you can do. And he, and he did that. He wasn't perfect by all means, but yeah, you know, he put in a really good energetic performance as I think we all knew he would. Mm, that's that's the key. That's the key. goal as well. I mean, you know, he is one of the more skillful players at the club, but it's irrelevant to some degree. You know, if your player is trying and you can see they're trying and they're trying to close everybody down and they're ordering people about, you know, they're, they're doing all the right things. They might not be the best player in the world, but you, God loves a trier, you know? And uh, and he does that. He does try. So I'm I'm really pleased for him. I'm like I'm looking forward to him. What he does for the remainder of the season, but also, you know, next season. So good stuff. And then we get a third goal from Lacquer. Well, second goal from Lacquer, but a third goal for Arsenal. Um, fantastic pass by Party. Picks up the ball in the middle of the field and just you know slightly. Oh, I don't know how many. Shoulder. Yeah, turns the other way, and I don't know how many people he took out with that pass it was almost there so Ozil-esque um it looked like he took out like three or four midfield defenders and it perfectly weighted to to Laka, um who you know was faster than the defender and, and scored mm. I, I still don't I don't think we've seen the best of him yet um party but yeah yeah I think uh you know that that sums up that turn that that pass, I think we all thought that's the kind of player we were getting. Yeah. Um, we haven't seen enough of it. Um, but yeah, I do. I think he's getting better apart from midweek. You know, he didn't have a, the best game, but no. he's getting better. And I think we'll probably see the best of him next season. Yeah. Um, oh, I think, bar an injury. Yeah, bar an injury, you're right. And I think when we purchased him, you know, one of the big points that Arteta would um, talk about was his... He's changing transition from defence to attack and how quickly he can do yeah. that. And that was the perfect summary of it, you know. Facing your own goal, turn around, slot a, a pass through the middle of the field. Fantastic. And like I said, we, we need more of that. We need more creativity from the number 10s, but we need it across the pitch, don't we? We need you know more opportunities being created. Um, one person I just want to give a quick shout-out for is Callum Chambers. Some of, the, some of the crosses, honestly, if we had like an Oli Giroud type striker, an Ian Wright type striker, you know, John Hartson, someone that can really head the ball. Some of his crosses I thought were fantastic, I have to be honest. I'd like to say, I wonder if he's almost playing his way back into a longer term future at Arsenal. But 
That's one for the end of the season yeah. to talk about. We'll see. It wouldn't surprise me, would it, from, from Arsenal to do five year contract, like that, but... one year injury. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was Lacazette's 50th goal for Arsenal in the yeah. league. Um, his 13th for the season. His what? 13th for the season. Yeah, exactly. Lacazette is the sixth Frenchman to score 50 Premier League goals for a single club, four of the six doing it for Arsenal. Who are the other three Arsenal players that were French to score 50 Premier League goals? Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry, one. Robert Perez. Robert Perez. Olivier Giroud. Olivier Giroud, yeah, that's it. That's the three. And Lacazette becomes the fourth Frenchman to score 50 goals for Arsenal. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I don't know if you probably not got the stats there in front of you, but Will Todd maybe left on 49, did he? I think he missed out I, on getting that. 50. I don't know. I haven't got that, but it wouldn't surprise me. I think Paul Merson finished on like 99 yeah. on French. Well, you say he finished like 99 goals for Arsenal. I'd surely he'd stick around just to score the 100. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what do you make of. Lacazette as a player because prolific in France we signed him for big money 56 million if I'm not mistaken a lot of mm. hope that oh wow you know we've got two fantastic strikers now him and, and Aubameyang I can't help but feel like we never really seen the best of, of him and we probably never will mm, yeah I think you're right there <laughs> I mean, what is this? He's the most goals he scored, is it? Um, in a season, I don't know what that is, but he's never got that consistently over twenty enough for me for the amount of money we paid for him. Yeah, yeah. He offers a lot more, you know, than just goals. But yeah, I, f I think we all thought we were getting a goal machine, didn't we? And yeah. Not worked out I that way. Like the guy, I like his attitude. Sorry, it's not really worked out that way, is it? No. Um, maybe it's time to cash in if we well, can. Well, yeah. Again, he's certainly having a good season to put that to put the money up. But yeah, and it's interesting because again, another one that we'll talk about at the end of the season. Should he stay? Should he go? But his contract is up at the end of the season, so there is, um, there is that debate if you like or there is that um knife edge of we need to make a decision soon you know what do we do i'll give him this though um lacazette has scored 12 premier league goals this season nine of them coming away from home and only one other player mohammed salah has more away goals in the competition this season so if you can replicate that sort of form at home it could happen i always feel like lacazette is the the second fiddle to abamian do you? He's the number two striker. Yeah, I do. Um, I do, and I think you can see why, really, when you look at Aubameyang's record. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think he reached 50 goals a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, in a short period of time, so... You can understand it, yeah. yeah. So, look, good 3-0 win. Um, we kept a clean sheet, clearly, if it was 3-0. Um, but that ended a run of 14 games without a clean sheet. Uh, which is which is great news. So um, 
you know, all focus now turns to the Europa League on Thursday. That result leaves us in ninth, um, which is great. 45 points, but we're still seven points off sixth place, Liverpool. Um, some results went in our favour, though, didn't they, this week? Because we had Spurs lose, Everton drew 0-0 last night. Um, typical that Leeds would win against Man City. They're level on points, but worst goal difference, just one behind us. Um, and then we've got Villa in 11th, who are one point behind us, but one game behind us. So it's all very tight, very congested. Where do you see us finishing? Because um, I haven't got them to hand. We're going to see if I can find our next few um, fixtures. Um, I think, where, well, we've got some winnable games coming up, but it just depends whether Arteta prioritises the Europa if we get through this next game. Yeah. And whether he starts to rotate a bit more in the league and, you know, it might cause us to drop some points. Yeah. Um, so mm. in the league, what have we got? Seven games left in the league. So time is running out. We've got Arsenal, Fulham on Sunday at one thirty, which obviously we'll talk about in a moment. But then remaining fixtures, Everton, Newcastle, West Brom, Chelsea, Crystal Palace, Brighton. You know, like I say, all winnable games, but also some tough games in there as well. So um, given what I've just said about where we are in the league, uh, ninth, where do you realistically mm. think we're going to finish? Eighth, ninth? Yeah. Yeah. And probably not going to win the Europa League, if we're completely honest, are we? It's going to be tough. It's going it, to be tough. It is. And we're slipping further and further behind, and that's the problem. You know, it was, it was, we're not winning the league, but at least we can be Champions League every year. And then from there, we've gone, well, we're Europa League. At least we're still in Europe. And now we're going to be out of the Europa League spots. And it's like, well, at least we're top half of the table. You know, I'm hoping this trust the process, second half of the season, FC kind of continues to, to next season. And, and we really start to see a different, um, a different club. Um, Hypothetical question for you. Go for it. Would you give up being in Europe next season if we could still attract the same transfer targets and just have a season focusing on the league? When yeah. I say Europe, I mean Europa League. Yeah, yeah, in a heartbeat. Rather than obviously, if we could get in the Champions League, even though it'd be a, a level that we're not at, <laughs> yeah, which um, it would be, I'd rather be in it than not in it. Yeah, I'd happily be out of the Europa League if it meant you know we we can get better players in. We can purely focus on on the league. I mean, look at it like this: West Ham are the surprise package this season. Um, They've had no European football, so they've only had to focus on domestic cups and the league. And, you know, they're in fourth place. You're not telling me West Ham have got a better squad than Arsenal. They're just playing better. No. Um, and, you mm. know, there was a season that Chelsea finished 10th, I think, and then the next league, the next season they won the league. That's what we need, that sort of spark. My hypothetical question to you is, would you give up winning the Europa League? Not that we're guaranteed to, but if... If you could give up winning the Europa League, but you were guaranteed to make Champions League spots next season, would you do that? Or would you rather win Europa League and get into Champions League next season through that? 
think I might have answered my own question there, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd rather do that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good one, Ange. Right. Well, that's that. Now, we haven't got any questions <laughs> this week. We do... on. Say again, mate. Moving swiftly on. Moving swiftly on. Side step in that very awkward um, cock up by me. Um, I was going to say, we didn't have any questions this week because we didn't uh, put anything out asking for your love and support this week, uh, or certainly not till very late. So um, I'll just double check, but I don't think we have. Uh, uh, I did it really, really late. Yeah, my bad, guys. Uh, no, it doesn't look like we have. So that's fine. That's fine. Back to the normal next week. What we have got before we talk about uh, Slavia Prague is which number nine? Which number nine? Ah. Ba, ba, ba. Ah, slight delay. Awful. So we've got which, right. yeah, who cares? We've got which number nine this week. Um, so you can listen to me struggle with that. <laughs> and uh, we'll quickly talk about Slavia Prague and, of course, Arsenal v Fulham. So whenever you are ready, Diddley, put me under some duress and I'll struggle with, you know, yep. which number nine. In case you're not familiar with the concept, uh, this is where I read out five clues about a player, former player uh, for Arsenal. And uh, it's obviously a number nine. And just to guess. Which number nine? Which one it was. <laughs> I mean, it's in the title. Yeah, I have to guess which number nine you're referring to. Yeah. Okay, question. Get it. Uh, shout, out, shout out at home because nobody will hear you. Yeah. Clue number one, he scored his first goal versus Bolton Wanderers. Okay. Uh, clue number two, he got 68 caps for his country, scoring 24 goals. Okay. Yeah, that's sort of one in three. It's mm. quite good. Uh, clue number three, he won a bronze medal at the 2012 London Olympics. Oh, dear. That's a spanner in the works. Obviously for football, not not um, like the triathlon or anything like was that. Was it for diving? <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> Clue number four. He was born on the 10th of July, 1985. Right. Are you ready for the last clue? Very much ready for it because I'm struggling there. Eh? It's not going to help, I don't think. Yeah. After loan spells at Celta Vigo and Watford, he was eventually released on a free signing for Saudi team Al Shabab. Al Shabab, that. Uh, wow, that's a that's tough. this is a Premier League striker, obviously, given the date of birth that you've given me. Yes. Which number nine is it? Um, okay, I'm gonna have three guesses, and then you can just put me out one misery. Have a guess, and then I'll give you. A, if you don't get it after two, I'll give you another clue. Okay, you, and you will get it. The one that's thrown me is the 2012 Olympics. Um, I can't even remember which teams came for the second or third in that. Um, just can you just read out the one about caps and goals again? He scored. 24 goals and got 68 caps. That's a lot of goals. And it's not someone we've had before, I take it. 
it's not no. okay just want to make make sure okay so he will be around 36 at the minute 35 36 years old um okay i'm just gonna throw these out because i think they're i know they're wrong though they're wrong why would i even put myself through that um, it's the goals. How many strikers have scored that many goals? <laughs> I always do that strange little noise. Uh, right, let's just throw out some striker names. Cabo Diawara. <laughs> no, I didn't think so. That's what I'm saying. It's so wrong. Um, went to Watford and Celta Vigo. That really rings the bell with me, though. Um, <laughs> this isn't like. This is like some random youth player. They scored a lot of goals, though. They scored a lot of goals. Um, That's for his country, though. That is for his country, but, you know. Okay, Christopher Ray. <laughs> no. No, I didn't think Libya came third in the Olympics. Okay, well, there's my two guesses so far. Okay, well, let me just revert back to clue number one. He scored his first goal against Bolton Wanderers. It was his first and only goal. For Arsenal Football Club. Does that help? It doesn't. Um, against <laughs> Bolton. <laughs> oh, this is shameful. Okay. I'll, I'll give you one, one last clue. Go on this, then, is, mate. Uh, this is this is tough. Uh, when Lucas Podolski signed for Arsenal Football Club, yeah. He gave up his number nine. Lucas Podolski and took a different shirt number. Oh no! Uh, I I can't I can't even remember who that is. So here's another guess: Jeremy Aliadier. No, <laughs> so well pronounced as well. Go on then, put me out of misery. Who is this? Which number nine? How could you forget Park Chu Young? Oh, do you know what? I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. I was going to say that. It was my third guess. Uh, I couldn't remember how to say his name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ange, that's appalling. Well, if anyone else got that, well done. And if everyone else struggled, then please get in touch on Twitter at Blast Arsenal Pod and let me know I'm not alone. Just hashtag me. Hashtag you are not alone and I'll know what it means. Ah, oh, jeez. I think we're going to have to start... Better look next time. Yeah, I think we're going to have to start mixing this up, right? Instead of which number nine, it could be... Like which number seven or something, and I'll start giving you clues, but not seven, a better number than that. But you know what I mean? Seven's okay. a good number, seven's a good number, right? Okay, two games coming up in quick succession. First one we've briefly spoken about, which is uh, Arsenal Slavia Prague. We're away, we obviously drew the first game, really disappointing last minute um, header from a corner that we conceded, which completely churned, churned that's changed and turned mixed together. Um, the I guess the, the the feeling at the end of the game. Um, just quickly, what what was your feeling after that? I mean, I'm guessing it was complete utter disappointment, frustration. Yeah, uh, we just shoot ourselves in the foot all the time, don't we? Yeah, um, it's disappointing. It's not a complete disaster, as you know, some pundits said it was. I think if I was to try and find some positives in it, um, then it would be at least we kind of know what we need to do in the second leg. 
um, got to managed, go and... We managed to keep their supporters quiet, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. We've got, we've got to go there and, and be positive and, and get a goal. Yeah. We can't get back. You know, I, f- I felt that was the, the worry, the, not the worry, but what happened in the second leg in the last round. We were 3-1 up. Like, the game was kind of won, but we didn't really know how to play it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it made it difficult for us. I just think, you know, not, there's, there's not no having, uncertainty there. Yeah, not having something to chase almost made it difficult, didn't it? Whereas because we've got something to chase, mm. it's quite clear the game plan is score a goal. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Even at 1-0, it wasn't good enough. And I think we would have had to go there and score anyway. Yeah. Um, well, we spoke about Lacazette missing that one-on-one where he hit the crossbar. There was also another great chance mm. for Bukayo Saka, wasn't there? where he was one-on-one and you yeah. think, oh, this is the goal. And so unlike him to screw it very wide, really. I mean, he curled it, but he curled it well wide of that that far post. Even he was a bit like, what have I just done? Um, so we definitely know we can create chances against them. We, you know, we've got, we've got the players to do that. Again, the issue has got to be we need to be creative. And Smith Rowe is out injured at the moment. Um, we've got Odegaard out injured at the moment. Saka potentially injured. Uh, hopefully Lacazette, uh, not Lacazette, sorry, hopefully Aubameyang will be back. Um, I'm hopeful that one of the, 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 you know, the three that I've just mentioned before will be back to provide a creative spark because I can very much see this team just sitting, parking the bus, you know, mm. low block, whatever the trendy phrases to use at the minute, that's what they're going to be doing, making it really difficult to break down. Um, the only positive I see in that, if that happens... Get Mohamed Elneny on and let him have some shots because that keeper, <laughs> that, that keeper looks a bit dodgy to me. Um, yeah, weren't, weren't the best. So, yeah, Lacazette, Aubameyang, yeah, one the other. They'll be nervous. You know. Who, who's your who's your strikers up front? Who are you going with? Yeah. I mean, Pepe Pepe obviously had a great game at the weekend. So does he got play his way back into contention as well? When he came on, I think if you go with Lacazette, you've got to surround him with a lot of pace, a lot of energy. Um, you know, don't don't play Willian. Uh, if you go with Oba, I think someone to create for him. Who would I go with? I know Lacazette is the form striker really at the minute. Yeah, but. I don't know. You know, sometimes there are moments where you need to give your your main man. Here it is, time to to step up, mm. and he's done it in the past, and I think he could well do it again. I mean, he didn't start all um, in that game. Did it? Yeah, I was going to say he didn't start Aubameyang in the last yeah. game, did it? He his game plan was get a goal uh, against Slavia Prague early, make them have to come out, and then he brought on Aubameyang and Pepe, didn't he, to stretch the game a bit more to hit them on the counter attack when they mm. were trying to press us, uh, and obviously that's how we got our goal. Um, 
but as I said, it backfired in the end. So, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he goes with. I think, uh, really obvious thing to say, but I think if he starts Aubameyang, he won't start Martinelli because he'll still want that impact player. He'll want someone that's got pace, you know, uh, and speed and trickery and, and could get a last-minute penalty because of tired legs from the opposition and all that sort of stuff will be playing in his mind, won't it? Um, so, yeah, we'll wait and see. Look, I'm, I'm hopeful we'll get the job done. What about you? Yeah, I think we will. Yeah, we should, and, and I think we will. Good. Um, who, who plays at left back for you? That's a very good question, actually. Um, so, what are the options we've got? We've got, of... we've got Cedric, we've got um, Saka, we've got Lacker. They're the three choices, I you guess. You mean Shaka? Oh, yeah, not Lacker, sorry, Shaka. Yeah. Um, and I think depending on who we have available in midfield, I'd be inclined to keep Xhaka at left back. He offers next to nothing going forward, but he at least offers some balance to our defence. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to get exposed going for the game too much, going for the win too much, that then we're too far up the field. We know he's not going to make overlapping runs. So we need a lot to come from our right side. And I think we should play Suarez because I think his delivery is much better than Bellerin's at right back. But that's just my opinion. I know you're a fanboy. <laughs> well, I, I said earlier, you could just flip really for the right back spot. Mm. Uh, they're all kind of... On they, par. they offer slightly different things, but they're all on a par, I think, as ability-wise. Yeah. Um. I'd be inclined to stick with Shaka as long as he's, you know, I do worry if he's up against someone pacey, but I think we probably have enough of the ball that it shouldn't be too much of a problem. Yeah, he shouldn't see too much of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, And obviously, I spoke about mistakes earlier and Cedric, for me, sort of initially, maybe should go long down the line if nothing's on rather than turn back yeah. and that put us under pressure for the yeah. goal so that's the problem when you play a right back at left back or a left back at right back they're always going to have to cut in on their favoured foot because you know I guess that's that's just natural for them to do that isn't it just shank it out get it out if in doubt kick it out that's always the you know it's always what they teach you growing up um, alright so that's that game we'll see what comes of that and then it's straight into an early kickoff, isn't it? On Sunday, is it? Is that right? Against Fulham. Sunday, one thirty. Yeah, one thirty. Um, it's a it's a tough game. They're fighting for their lives. Eighteenth, twenty six points. Mm. Um, you know, six points away from safety. Well, seven points away from safety. They're going to be going all out. To uh, to win that game, um, I just hope we don't have a European hangover. I know it's a horrible phrase that's banded about a lot, but I guess it's it is a thing. Um, mm. How do you think we'll fare in in that game? Are you worried about it? I mean, it's a London derby. They lost one nil to Wolves on Friday night. They're actually a better team than their they're... position gives, I think, but. They're not. Do you think? Yeah, I think uh, I've seen them play some good stuff under. You know, we tend to do okay against them. I think off the top of my head. 
That was um, the first game of the season, actually, wasn't it? Where we had the Willian assist masterclass, didn't we? It was all downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, he'd, he'd get a skiing Olympic medal, wouldn't he? Uh, yeah. Um, for downhill, I think. <laughs> Judging by this season. Yeah. I think we'll come away with a win. I think there's there's enough in that squad to, to to rotate and get keep it fresh. Um you know if Martinelli doesn't play on Thursday I, I'd imagine it will start that game. The league game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah that's what it's about isn't that's it? That's just squad. one example, you know. Yeah well it's about squad rotation isn't it and using what we've got. Um so yeah I agree. I mean hopefully we should have enough to, to beat them their that position in the league for a reason. Um Final question, and then we can wrap up. Do you think it's Europa League that we should put our eggs in that basket? We've used that phrase a few times this season. Or do you think we should still focus on trying to get a European position via the league? Where would you pick your stronger team to to play? Uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's not quite dead yet, is it? But I think he's got to go all out on Thursday and then go from there. I hate to say each game comes, but it's very much that way at the moment. Um, we have two league games before we face this, the semi-final, if we get through. Or... I believe so, yeah. I mean, the problem we've got at the moment yeah, so... is the league, we're seven points behind sixth place, which is probably going to be the final position for Europe this season. Um, so I want to say seven points behind Liverpool, and nine points behind Chelsea, who are in fifth. So realistically, sixth is where we've got to be aiming. Well, to me, that's one position. The Europa League final is also one position. So it's which one position do we think we've got a better chance of getting? You know, and also we kind of need Everton, Spurs and Liverpool to slip up a lot more along the way. I don't know if you can kind of just split your eggs 50-50 you know, I think you kind of do need to nail your, your colours to a, a post and say that's the way we're going. And I, I do think the Europa League needs to do that. And I put it this way, if it doesn't happen on Thursday, <laughs> it's out of our hands to even worry about that anyway, isn't it? So, yeah. uh, And ooh, and if we yeah, do get, get through... Thursday, I think you're right. Yeah, I was going to say, and if we do get through, there's a very realistic chance we'll be playing Unai Emery's... Is it Villarreal that he's at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, God, imagine, we, imagine if we Destiny. get through and lose that. That's uh, that wouldn't go down well with the fan base, would it? All right. Well, that's uh, quite a comprehensive review. I think we've done this week, which is very good. So, for say so myself, so uh, thank you, Diddly, as ever. Uh, thank you for continuing thank to you. listen and download our podcast. Very much appreciated. Um, and we hope you continue to support us as we make our way to the end of the season and then we can start enjoying all of the crazy transfer links that we are, um, you know, the players that we're rumoured to be linked to and probably sign none of them, so good stuff. Um, as ever, we mentioned it already, uh, at Blast Arsenal Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you follow us on YouTube too. Um, and Diddly, anything from you? Apple Podcasts, if you listen on there, go and give us a five-star review. That would be most welcome. I'm much appreciated. Yeah. I mean, we, we do this for free. We're just asking for that tiny little favour back. So do it.
if you want, but do it if you want, but do it. Right. Until next week, where hopefully we're six points richer. Well, we won't be. We'll be three points richer and a place into the next round of the Europa League, but you know what I mean. Thank you, and we'll catch you soon. Peace out. We'll be right back. 